Welcome back to Cocktails and Classics. I'm Dylan, and joining me this week, as always, is Cam, Ben, and Zach. Hi. And this week, we're doing Dinner in America, a 2020 dramedy film. The reason we did this movie, you don't, you may not have heard of it. It did just drop in the UK on Arrow, but I have mentioned it a few times in the podcast, and I actually worked on this movie as a second AC. But before we get into the movie, let's talk about the cocktail. This week's cocktail is a Mexican firing squad. My wife wanted me to maybe put a disclaimer out there that is it is it an okay title for a cocktail? Why not? It toes the what, line. That's what I that's what I I was like Why is I, I it called know. that? Is it cuz of the red color? I would assume so. Um, and it's tequila. So it's a discovery of a cocktail writer, historian, and wanderlust, Charles H. Baker Jr. The Mexican Firing Squad is recorded in his 1939, The Gentleman's Companion, Volume 2, being exotic drinking book or around the world with jigger, beaker, and flask. He'd encouraged, or he'd encouraged the Firing Squad at La, La Cucaracha Bar, a Prohibition-era favorite in Mexico City, on one of his Latin American journeys. Well, okay, so if it's from Mexico... Is it from Mexico? Did it yes. originate? Sounds, okay, well, if it originated from Mexico. So that might be, like, where the name was from. It also read that, like, uh, the firing squad was very popular during uh, the Mexican Revolution um, as mm. a way of uh, eliminating your enemies. Yep, that's, yeah. <laughs> so there's that. Sure, and there was, um, there's It's been pretty popular in most revolutions. Yeah. There's, uh, Unless a you're in France. Shh. <laughs> There's a Ripley's Believer Not guy Nike who uh, survived a firing squad. Wow! I think he got shot nine times, and like oh a yeah, he put out a rap album. And, yeah, he did in the in the, in the early two thousands. It was a very big, big yeah. hits. Uh, one of them was a finishing shot though, and like somebody came by and found him still alive, like the next day. Uh, I don't remember the guy's name, but he was. And helping, then some uh, years Pancho later, Villa. he recorded into Club. Yes. Weird. He was big with the game um, and G Unit. Yeah. Ran with the Outsiders, I believe. Now he owns part of Vitamin Water. And he's on that one that one show that's really big on stars or whatever. Oh, really? I think that's what a, a power. Isn't that like. Uh, I don't know, man. Have... I only watch movies. True. Never even seen a TV show. I don't have time for TV anymore. I just watch these damn movies. <laughs> don't Barely sound so that. happy. Don't sound so happy to watch the movies, Cameron. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm just, it's all kidding. It's all jokes. Mexican Firing Squad is uh, two ounces of tequila, three quarters of an ounce of lime juice, three quarters of an ounce of grenadine, five dashes of Angostura bitters, and then you can also lengthen it with soda water if you choose. Um, if not, just serve it over a rocks. And that's what I did. I made one with tequila, one with mezcal, because I was trying to get a little fancy. I'm doing jazz hands here. I, I feel like tequila might be where it's at yeah the mezcal might be too smoky for this right it gets a weird it, it gets a weird maybe i put too many bitters in there too or maybe that bitters just the recipe calls for mezcal. five dashes of bitters which in my opinion is a lot i mean i did the full amount but i like it yeah i think i know where i went wrong um i did mine like a shooter you oh what yeah this is like that's... That's... This is like four ounces of liquid. <laughs> yeah. Well, somebody mentioned they were going to do a flight of them, and I'm like, oh, okay. I just associated that this must be a shooter, so I poured it into a glass with no ice and knocked it back. Oh, my God. No, I believe what I said is I'm going to be day drinking these, which I did, 
uh, that club soda stretches it out. I've had like four or five of these today. They're, they're I'm not gonna lie, these might be like up there for me with the Tom Collins is like a summer drink I could have by the pool and just like rail these things back all day. Rail them. Yeah, these are. This is really good. I I don't have it with the club soda, but I have it with the aged tequila in it, and is very smooth, very good. Highly recommend. Yeah, I think the club soda is good if you plan on drinking several of them. Like if you yeah, plan yeah. on drinking them like throughout the day, the club soda just kind of. I, I, let's be honest, it makes it a little bit weaker. Makes it last a little longer, probably. Think, it'll yeah, bring it makes the, it. Um, it'll bring out the bitters as well. It does. It does taste more. I did. I did try a, a good sip before adding the club soda and a sip after and yeah you do notice the bitters a lot more when you add the club soda in versus when you just drink it right on the rocks um but yeah i will say well this this drinks this drinks a banger it's a banger it's a summer smash highly recommend <clears throat> it's got all the hits it's got your sweet it's got your sour and it's got tequila you know it's gonna go well which I normally don't like tequila. I was surprised at how much I enjoyed this one. Th- that was our mission. We kind of chose this one because we had mentioned prior, we were like, let's put other liquors in there. Because we do a lot of gin. We do a lot of bourbon. We were kind of like, let's do something like tequila. And then this drink is Red AF, which is a huge like theme in the movie. Very it's awesome red, white, color. Blue. Yes, it is a very awesome color. Yeah, red is a really big color used in the film in the uh, art direction so we we chose that and something uh that would kind of kind of have a little kick to it make one check the show notes below send us a picture of your mexican firing squad <laughs> the the drink i feel, I feel. or an actual of, firing squad you know we appreciate both. Squads. let's bring this podcast back to its roots <laughs> pretty sure they're supposed to let you like walk away like if you survive um like the death penalty, like the electric chair or firing squad, I'm pretty sure you're like allowed to walk free. I went like, I don't know. I went deep album firing squad trivia, looking into like the, the origins of it, the name and stuff. And I guess a popular thing that they would do is like give people like blanks randomly. So then yeah. like you would, you wouldn't know if you had a bullet and you were going to be like firing the kill shot basically. Um, oh yeah. They like, did that. Basically, to keep their from it. yeah, to keep their consciousness clear, they gave like typically only one, one or two shooters on the squad had a live had live ammunition. Yeah, and then like they would be, you would be able to tell when you're firing a blank versus when you're firing a real bullet after the after the fact. Like once there's like not as much kick and stuff. Yeah, I got him. Now welcome back to uh, firing squad and classics. <laughs> Here we're just going to talk about gruesome ways humans have found to kill each other. Over the past couple hundred years. Um, We're really into the trebuchet, right? Yes. We're going to start with flame. trebuchets. Way better than catapults. Yeah. Check out Dinner in America. If you're in the UK, uh, it's on Aeroplane. If you're in in America, America, good fucking luck. (laughs) Oh, shit. We totally forgot. Hello, mates. Welcome to this week's Cocktails and Classics. Oh, my God. Why? Coming to you straight from the the UK. Ah, yes. (laughs) Excuse you, I watched this movie in Spain. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I watched it in London town, mate. Dinner in America is a 2020 dramedy, like comedy drama, you know, like uh, your your Judd Apatow 
kind of films, eighth grade, um, book smart, that sort of thing, where it's like, it's a comedy film, but there's a little heart there, you know? It's the story of an on-the-lam punk rocker and a young woman obsessed with his band who unexpectedly fall in love and go on an epic journey together through America's decaying Midwestern suburbs. It's directed by Adam Raymer. It stars Kyle Gallner, Emily Skeggs, Hannah Marks, Leah Thompson. Gail the Snail. Gail the Snail, she is in there. Griffin Glug, <laughs> Pat Healy, Mary Lynn Rat- uh, Raskob, I think is how you pronounce her name. It does have a lot of people who are like almost famous in it. Well, I have a question about this one. Like, you know, like I, I, like on the verge of like recognizing them in the street, you know? But there was one name that I saw that was famous, and I'm wondering if it's just a common name. One of the producers, when I looked it up, was listed Ben Stiller. Uh, yes. Is that the same Ben Stiller? Yes, it is Ben Stiller. Uh, if, if you watched the, begin- the intro, um, Red Hour was one of the uh, like production companies. So ben-, ben Stiller is technically an executive producer on this. Wow. Does he know? Yeah, he does. I think. <laughs> I would someone, hope so. When it's quick, like, call Ben Stiller. Let him know. I would ben, hope so that like thing. before he puts his name on a movie, <laughs> that they'd be like, "Hey, Ben, is it cool if we do this?" Yeah, if you, I don't know if you guys know, like Leah Thompson, she was, uh, she's the mom in Back to the Future. She's the younger yeah. mom. Yep. Yep. Um, I don't think Zach would know that because he hasn't seen Back to the Future. <laughs> uh, who's the Griffin, Griffin Gluck. Gluck, he, he was in um, American Vandal, right? Yes, he he was in American he Vandal. Was, wasn't his name also Kevin in that? Um, I'm not sure. Let me see. Uh, his name is Sam. Sam. And, yeah, I just saw it. I don't know what the hell I was thinking. Yeah, we were watching this movie, and uh, my wife was like, oh, that main actor looks really familiar. Turns out she actually interviewed him once for like a paper she did in undergrad or grad school. She wrote, it was like a paper based on like Mark Twain and Mm -hmm. the main actor played um, Huck Finn in 2015. And so I don't know how she did it or whatever, but basically asked if she could interview him and he was like, yeah, sure. Yeah. And his brother as well. Oh, Kyle was also in uh, Red State, which is uh, Kevin Smith's film. Tie, it looks tie, like um, tie back for Ben. Maybe the the biggest movie, at least the one that I recognize that he was in, was American Sniper. But who was look, he? I I don't know. He was in Veronica Mars. A lot of people recognize him from there. He I remember. In, I mean, if you look from Smallville, in, if you look at American Sniper IMDb, he's number two on the cast list. I don't know what that means, but and, um, and that could be dependent because yeah. If it's Maybe by like order of appearance, yeah. But he's gonna oh, be in the shit. new screen. Oh movie, no, I see him. He there he is. Wet, he was in Wet Hot American Summer too. It's such a small part in Wet Hot American Summer. If you, I know. If you've but... seen the show or if you've seen the movie, you know the kid who like his swimming partner or the swimming guy like drowns. Yeah. And yeah. they like drive him out and like throw him out of the car. He plays the kid they throw out of the car. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Oh. oh man, he got killed off in one episode of The Walking Dead, in the prison. Wow, he was on a couple episodes of SVU as well. Yeah, well, who is pretty, pretty big part? If you're, in if you're a Hollywood Mars, actor, if you're a Hollywood actor, you've been on SVU at some point or another. Smallville, he was in Smallville a couple of times. Oh, he was in Jennifer's Body, mm-hmm. top tier movie. I doubt it. S tier movie. So Dinner in America currently sits at a seven point two out of ten on uh, IMDb. Doesn't have that many reviews. It did premiere at Sundance 2020. 
maybe COVID. Maybe it's just a little too raunchy to uh, really break into America. I feel like people may be a little worried about it. I don't think – I've definitely seen raunchier yeah. movies. I think the language, the use of uh, yeah. the R word, um, very heavy in this film. I guess. Obviously not by, like, great characters, though. Like Right. They never show that as something you should do. Yeah, the tracksuit guys aren't people who you should look up to. I would hope not. I'd hope not. They had sex with a dead kitten. I wouldn't. I wouldn't <laughs> yeah, want to look, at, look up to those guys. They do have like half decent like lines though. Like obviously they're like bullying people and it's not cool. But like, oh, if Coach had a Bukaki team, <laughs> you should try. <laughs> God, come catcher. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> do you shit on my tracksuit? Oh, dude, Coach is going to kill you if you got anything on that tracksuit. They reminded me of the two hockey players from Letterkenny. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Riley, yeah. And Riley and Jonesy. I, they're just I more, they're like more, um, they're more mean versions of those people. Yeah. And can like actually back it up because they, I, they actually like fight in this movie. Yeah. I don't think they ever fight in Letterkenny, do you? Are they like avoid it? Oh, all? yeah. Uh, no, no. They have no. a lot of fighting montage. I think yeah. they fought a Riley, couple times. Riley and Jonesy are, are typically with the boys for a good scrap. We'll go for a Donnie Brook. All right. I, I mean, I've only watched there, a few but... seasons. Because I, I, I just remember, like, the I think it's like the first episode where they're introduced and they, like, they're taking their tarps off. <laughs> and they're just Took like. off your shirt but kept your glasses on. What <laughs> kind of backward-ass pageantry is that? Yeah, just giving them <laughs> shit. So I'm the only one who's seen this film. I saw it. They had, like, a little Midwestern premiere for uh, cast and crew in Michigan. What did you guys think on your first viewings um, of Dinner in America? Not going to lie. I thought this was going to be a garbage-tier movie. Uh, <laughs> wow. Same. I thought it was going to be junk. Well, it's an indie film, and I feel like it's just... like Those can be very hit or miss, you know? Yeah. But I thought it was actually really good. I, I really enjoyed the movie. I thought it was a good movie. Yeah, I liked it a lot. Um, the only part that uh, that I didn't really enjoy was the beginning. There's a lot of like really quick up close cuts, but um, I don't know. It's like an interesting introduction into the movie. Looking back on it, I think it's supposed to be frantic. It, a lot of people, yeah, it sets the tone. A yeah, lot of people like at the uh, like between Sundance and some of the viewings. Uh, that is like a huge critique of the film. Was like, yeah, the first like 20, 30 minutes are just really testing your patience. Like the characters aren't nice. Like there's a lot of like quick cutting it like but later on it kind of like pays off once like simon patty meet and like start to build a relationship it pays off in the end yeah i i'm not gonna lie uh there were times where simon felt a little uh i'm 14 and this is deep mixed with a little oh, bit definitely of, mixed well, with a, a little bit of of course makes a little Comes bit of edge lord and it was just kind of like all right dude come come on now like <laughs> The dude plays like a, a douchey pyro punk rock version of MF Doom throughout the whole thing. <laughs> He's definitely not. I, I couldn't hang out with this guy. Well, no. no. He'd also be like starting fires, which you might like, but he, he might be like starting fires. <laughs> do you and like stuff. train? Do you like train tracks? <laughs> he would be down for talk that. About. His his downfall in the movie is that like he doesn't want to sell out because he's like I don't want to play for the alliance, even though. Uh, what is what is David Yao's character's name? Monty? No, Monty's the guy that introduces the music to him. Uh, what is the guy's name? The, oh, the, like it's music like promoter. Eddie, Eddie something. Eddie Sorvino, yeah. He's like ready for them to play. 
the tour. He's going to buy their like demos and stuff to release them. But Simon's like morals are like, I, I can't sell out. I can't play. What is it? Eyeliner punk in front of a sea of cell phones. Simon's morals. What a great way to start. <laughs> morals quote unquote morals. Yeah. His, I, I think it's that. an artistic or creative morals, but, but I, like... <laughs> but I can totally, but I can totally sell drugs and start fires. Cause you know, that's different. Well, that's badass. Yeah, the playing the dr- for fourteen-year-old girls is not badass. I feel like the dr- the drug like plotline could be cut from the film because it's yeah, like what it is seems... that? What does that add? I well, feel I'm like... not gonna lie. Also, the, you see him sell to like one per or two people, and that's it. And then he gives the weed to Kevin. I'll give you a little insider information here. <laughs> um, so from the scene in the bathroom. To the scene where he's on the street and he sees the cop. There's a whole day of shooting that we did on the film. Oh my god! That was cut <laughs> from the movie. Um, there's a scene in a hotel room um, with two characters who I think are on the credits or they're uncredited on IMDb or something. And then they go to Harpo's, which is like a venue bar in Detroit, and we filmed like a whole thing there. There's like a whole dance number with like where they're on drugs and there's like snorry cam and shit got cut. And I listened to like the commentary and the director's like, yeah, it's just pacing issues. <laughs> it's like, it's a bit much. So you can like, you can see where like Simon's like looking down in his hands and that's like where the scene would have caught because he lost all this money hmm. uh, in the previous scene from like selling the drugs and stuff. Gotcha. I'm a, I'm about positive that this movie takes place in my hometown. I'm like ninety percent positive. So a lot of it took place, uh, or at least was shot in Southfield. There was the the scene where Simon and Patty meet, like where the pet store is, is Pontiac. Um, it's like a back alley off the main street of Pontiac. The uh, the high school that, you know, like the football field, and then like the equipment area looked just like my high school. Um, the burger shop looked just like this place I grew up down the street from, and I, I guess, in a larger sense, I, I did. Um, but uh, the the guy, um, the the first the first woman that, that Simon meets, yeah, goes home. Bobber, her, yeah, her older brother, yeah, had on like a, a Cougars, like football jersey, clearly or hoodie, clearly played football. That was my high school mascot. The suburbs look just like an area of Taylor. Um, I'm convinced this movie takes place in Taylor, Michigan. If I had this as a kid, this would be like on replay all the time. Like if when I was growing up, I feel like I would have fucking loved this movie. Not that I didn't love it now, but like this just like feels like like describing it to people. I'm like, it's kind of like Napoleon Dynamite, but very nihilistic. I feel like you just kind of have to like let it go. Like you have to let yourself go going into it because you're, you're just signing up for like, <laughs> it's not, it's not, uh, it's very crass. It's a crass movie. It's faster than Napoleon Dynamite though. Like, um, I'm not a massive fan of Napoleon Dynamite cause I feel like it, it drags a ton and that's, I mean, that's part of what they're going for. That's part of the comedy. Yeah. I don't think this movie does that. I think it has those points, though. Like, when Simon and Patty first meet, like, the whole intro to the movie was, like, super quick cut. But then once they meet, it's, like, slows down a little bit. Oh, uh, yeah, you were in my, my class. Huh? Yeah, the teacher threw a stapler at you. Okay, yeah. <laughs> it's, like, 
super like yeah, maybe a little bit. It's like super like slow and back and forth there. Like it kind of like speeds up in in scenes and slows down in scenes and speeds up, slows down. Which I you know I maybe that was on purpose. Maybe that was um like the the pacing for a certain joke. You know, because like the the freaking dinner scene. There's jokes throughout, but really it is like a seven or eight minute setup for a fucking like the and adoption. God bless reveal. Kevin, who's adopted. <laughs> Wait, yeah. what? That was pretty funny though. <laughs> like it's like, like there's bits throughout where he's like, ah, yeah, we're we've been in Tanzania. This cooking's delicious. If you had to live off a diet of, of ugali and sweet potatoes, you would you would appreciate your mother's cooking. What's a what's ugali? Don't worry about it. It's like. All of this, like, th- I've there's, like, wanted humorous to do, bits. I've always wanted to do a mission. I'd love to sign you up. <laughs> what? I meant, like, you know, later <laughs> on when I'm retired, you know. Oh, okay. Oh, my God. That scene was, like, so funny to film. Just, like, all the dinners. The, like, the bit where she's, like, eating the, the taco shells. She's like, has anyone tried their shells? They're, <laughs> they're edible. <laughs> like, that was, like, improv. <laughs> oh. Everyone was just like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> another scene that really sticks out from my memory is um at the end of the movie when he's in prison and it doesn't it was so funny and took so long to film because we were like cracking up but it's uh when simon is like reading the letter to patty and he's in prison and he's like sitting on the top bunk and the guy's like jerking off and like getting worked up <laughs> and punching him that was so <laughs> funny filming because <laughs> Dude is just going ham on the bed. <laughs> but it's like well, going ham on the bed and elsewhere too. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And it's like a two yeah. second bit in the movie, but it took so that, that was so funny. Yeah. Film. It just gets worked up over the lady on Channel Five News. <laughs> this movie glorifies the dick pic, which I, I appreciate. It's a consensual dick pic though. What other kind is there? The unsolicited the ninety-five percent of the other time. You guys never got one of those before, though, right? From you? Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's funny when when uh, Simon realizes that like Patty's the one like sending the the photos, and he's like, "Where's your fucking bathroom?" <laughs> it's like he's gonna go into a full-on panic attack. Leaves through the window. Bless Patty's heart. She's like, uh, "Are you are you doing a number two in there? I can get you some more toilet tissue from the closet." <laughs> when he comes back, yeah, yeah. When he comes back and there's a pyramid of it outside the door. Man, I Pat- didn't even notice that. That's funny. Patty's such a sweetheart. What's a pyro again? <laughs> <laughs> What's cumin? <laughs> well, they're not doing that tonight. <laughs> Worst acting performance. Worst. Hands down, what? the guy, the, the manager at the pet store. Really? Mr. Hands Hanley? Down. <laughs> he was only in the movie for like 30 seconds. The guy who, when they're having the band conversation, the the drummer who like doesn't speak at all because he's on Quaaludes. Yeah. Performance leaves a lot to be desired. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he doesn't I mean, speak at all. Say he's kinda, yeah. And he's on Quaaludes, so. I would say, I don't know enough about what dudes on Quaaludes act like, but he seemed like he was pretty high off his ass so yeah all of my quaaludes seen wolf of wall street wall, yeah wolf of wall street but i <laughs> they could like talk in wolf of wall street couldn't they no well, by they the they could. by the end of the by when he was like super high on quaaludes in wolf of wall street he was like yeah where he doesn't have his legs drooling He's, okay right. and he like Maybe couldn't he speak a, he just took a lot of quaaludes i guess he did take a lot of quaaludes 
I'm about to call the cops. You're always about to call the cops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what is up with Simon could not function normally in a restaurant at all. This whole movie. He's got to fight with somebody in the restaurant. Because he's always doing weird shit in restaurants. <laughs> he is always doing weird shit in restaurants. Like he's either fighting or he's yelling like at somebody out with his girlfriend. Or... Yeah. He's always you doing looking some at? weird shit in restaurants. What are you looking at? What are you looking at? You could fuck off. I'm looking at you. You're making a scene. I'm just trying to eat my fucking meal. <laughs> Get back to your chicken tender basket. <laughs> Go back to your shrimp basket, lady. <laughs> yeah, shrimp basket. Oh, my God. I didn't know this until I like was listening to the commentary. Uh, I wasn't I wasn't there for it. But so the you know the scene after he gets the letter and he goes on the bus and the old lady sits next to him and he's like, yeah. really? That old lady, they just like picked her up at like a YMCA. She had always <laughs> wanted to been a, be in a movie or something, and they would like talk to her. I guess she must have come over and been like, "Oh, what are you guys doing?" And and so she was like, "Oh, I'm gonna go get my hair done, and I'll come back." Because she like she was like getting her hair done for whatever reason, and she came back, and then they were like, "Put put her in the movie," and that's, that's like funny. That's her bit, and so some lady in Michigan, just got her wish, wanted to be in a movie. That's <laughs> hilarious. They, the whole, straight face. <laughs> she puts in the candy in her mouth. It's so funny. I thought the funniest, one of the funniest lines in this movie came from the kid outside the drug dealer's house. And he's like, are you here to, <laughs> are you here to buy drugs? And he just knocks on the door and the kid just goes, white boy, straight to business. <laughs> <laughs> I love the, I feel like it's more of the, like the Napoleon Dynamite bits, but the, when they're at the sandwich shop, J- Jimbo's or whatever, and they're like ordering the the Hawaiians. And they're just like, "What kind of sauce comes on there?" <laughs> it's it's like a honey glaze. <laughs> it's like the stupidest like wine, but that one cracks me up. I like the fact that I'm looking at IMDb and that actor's the character name in the movie is just called Honey Glaze. <laughs> <laughs> Poor man has that on his IMDb page for life. Just Honey Glaze. <laughs> you poor bastard. You, you know we love saving the turts. You know Cam hates fucking paper straws. Paper straws song. Song? Uh. <laughs> I will say that paper straw technology has improved since I last shat on paper straws. I have used a couple since I've been able to go out more recently due oh, to yeah. being vaccinated. And That's what they were uh, doing the whole time while we were inside. They were just inventing better paper straws. I have seen also not paper straws, but it seems like they're compostable plastic straws or something. Like You're talking about the like ones that are made different. out of like agave or whatever? I have no idea what the composition of these straws are. I'm just... <laughs> but they are different. I'm than not a straw expert. You but you're the expert, Dylan. But I do know a good glass straw when I see one. You know. Yes, I will say for those for being at home and where you, you know, maybe you like straws in your fruity margaritas or you like straws to mix with your, you know, old fashions or whatever. You know, having these straws around the home is really nice. No, not constantly like throwing things away, or you don't have to keep buying straws all the time. Like you just buy a couple, and then you're good. And if you want cocktail picks or muddlers, they have that too. It, there's many colors. He's getting into like designs. So like the pride flag, he puts it on like the side of the straw. He's got hearts. He's got critters. It's like you get a piece of art along with a straw, a little multi-use. Uh, oh, yeah. He has critter straws, which have, there's see a dolphin, a salamander, 
That salamander looks intricate. That is impressive. Grab some glass straws from Surfside Sips. Use promo code Cocktails and Classics, spelled out, for 20% off. We get a little kickback from that. And you get you get to save some money on some glass straws, and they should last you a long time. Dishwasher safe. They're pretty sturdy. Just don't uh, drop them on the floor like me, like a big idiot. You have to buy more. <laughs> Before he meets Patty, I was just kind of like, "When does this movie take place?" Because <laughs> you read the you read the thing, and it's like a guy and this you know this girl meets or travels with her favorite punk rock singer and it's just like when do we meet this girl one when do we meet the punk rock singer and two yeah (laughs) when do we when do we get rid of this douchey dude and meet the actual like punk rock singer because this guy's just kind of a fucking asshole (laughs) it it takes for it takes i think i timed it it's like 25 minutes or something before simon patty even meet yeah it's the first well and that's the thing is i'm just like Okay, they're they're going around, you know, whatever. I'm not gonna lie, I was expecting a lot more food in this movie than what we saw. You had to go to prison to get a decent dinner in America, man. Oh yeah. no, but hang on, because that that first home, they this is something I wanted to bring up. They have like an entire Thanksgiving dinner laid out. Yeah, yeah, it's like a perfectly yeah. brown turkey. She says Sunday dinner. Mom goes to the to the nines him yeah. trying to sleep with the mom was or the mom trying to sleep with him and then she tries to go to the 69s hey she's telling hilarious. stories bill it's the sauce talking <laughs> and then she accuses him of doing stuff he didn't do that what was up? the um when uh when i talked about doing like the plate glass windows and stuff that was the uh yeah. the scene oh uh, it yeah. took for a couple attempts to break that with that chair which is kind of surprising oh, okay. when yeah, he made of, it look like, so easy. I was like, "Dang, he really broke that window with that wooden chair." Yeah, I think I think we ended up having to like, like, crack it a little bit with like a nail or something, or then they put one in the like foot of the stool for when he did it. Because hmm. I right, think yeah. I have one videos. Of this. I think I a had videos of... of him hitting it and it like bouncing off. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen, a, I've heard of like a lot of movies though where it's like it's not as easy as they try to make it seem. Um, like a lot of like real life survival things always say if you try to break something with a chair, like especially like an office chair, you should take like the wheels off so it's at the like where it comes to a point usually that sits in because it's much easier to break it at a finer point than trying to spread the the weight around. I think it was the same thing like with Die Hard, where like he shoots the glass, like they were like, yeah, that would never. You'd have to shoot like the same spot to get enough of a fracture for him to to get to through go through it yeah <laughs> i do have a video of it just bounces off the glass back into the room very anticlimactic for sure <laughs> you can't see it from where i am but like he just looked back and was like <laughs> he looks so dejected from like the little bit you can see he looks so dejected like oh, are you we're not we're gonna have to fix this right guys we're not keeping this but to be honest, I thought it was going to lead more so to like him being in a rehab facility or something like that, and then just immediately swerved to like drug trial and him needing money, which I was like, okay. But then it's it's it just drives I don't know. His character arc is like, I need money to do this thing that I love and I want to do. It's like, hey, here's this opportunity to get money. Fuck you, man. I don't want your fucking money. And it's like, 
Wait a minute. What it, What is it you want? What is it you want, man? Quit trying to be fucking deep and edge, hip and edgy and cool. <laughs> Just fucking sell out like the rest of us. Get over yourself. Simon feels like, like his his character, like that, like oh, you're selling. Like he's like every fan from for every band ever. Cause like you know when like your favorite band is like gonna do something new. You'll you'll have those people who are like, this band cannot change. I want what their first album was, and that's it. If they change their sound at all, they're sellouts, and they're just going for money. And it's like, people could change. Like you can chase a check, dude. I I <laughs> I, I don't blame you at all, man. Simon, just play for Why the alliance. People do it. Well, also, <laughs> even so, like artistically, people do change anyway. Doesn't yeah. necessarily mean they're oh, selling look out. At, I mean, but... look at Kid Rock. What genre hasn't he touched? <laughs> I was gonna say like childish Gambino. Went yeah, from, I like rap use, to I like hold R&B. Kid Rock as an example of anything. <laughs> I just wanted to see if I brought up Kid Rock, what the what the response was gonna Ew. be. I immediately noticed like I know, I know it's gonna really rile him up. And the minute I said Kid Rock, Cameron's face just like shrunk into like I fucking hate this. Cameron went white as a ghost and then red as the devil so quickly. Fuck it Kid was, Rock, dude. It was so good. It was so God. worth it. Just to see Cameron just be like, and then get so mad. Like, I can't fucking believe <laughs> he just brought Kid Rock into this fucking podcast. Next, we're going to talk about Ted Nugent. What up? <laughs> the Nuge. Ted Nugent shit in his pants. <laughs> <laughs> and getting COVID after calling in a lie. <laughs> <laughs> It do be like that. That is si- Simon's downfall, because like, he doesn't d- do that show, and then the guy fucking turns him in on the Crime Stopper shit, you know? I mean, it was going to happen at some point in time. <sighs> yeah. Not saying anyone, not saying they should have done it, but it was going to happen at some point. Yeah, for as much as they were like, we don't, we only know him as John Q. Like, they had his like crash pads like staked right. out. <laughs> they were like, they noticed him in the streets. It's like, you're, it's only a matter of time. The song that uh, Patty sings is like the catchiest shit. Yeah, I thought that was good. Yeah. I was like, that's legitimately good. Yeah. I was like, yeah, we were like, when we watched it, we were like, man, it's going to be so awkward if she's a bad singer. <laughs> that would be so yeah. 100% I thought, too. He I made this like, really good not. music, and then it's like, all right, you sing your song, but she's, he's never heard her sing. So what if she's just like fucking terrible? She does I say. I kind of thought that was a comedic point coming up, like, oh, she's about to fucking blow. She does say, "I'm a, I'm more of a singer." When she like sucks on the drums, he's like, "You blow." <laughs> she's like, "I'm more of a singer." But... Yeah, I mean, right. But what if her singing is also yes, not good? But what if she also just thinks she's more of a singer? <laughs> I feel like it would have been a much different movie at that point, <laughs> but because it's like a heartfelt w- moment. Welcome yeah. to dinner for schmucks too. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> This just takes a whole darker timeline. <laughs> oh God! Steve Carell walks in. Oh man. Um, no, I thought the main actor that was really good, especially during that scene when she's singing and he's like tearing up, you know, like while she's singing. I don't know. I just thought that scene that uh, was like really good. Like, I thought throughout the movie his acting was really good, but in that scene in particular, it was very good. Going back to your question, Dylan, about the music. I like the like the band music and the punk music in that. Sometimes the the like score was just a little for me overpowering. Yeah. Like it could have been reeled in just a little bit. For 
for something that was so supposed to be like suburban and everything like that like a lot of times like it was just very intense and i was like like i feel like industrial like yeah industrial like synth pop and it was like we, we could maybe change this a little bit or reel it reel it in slightly it's an interesting choice with like this movie being like a punk band like it's it's a very punk rock movie but like it's i don't it doesn't like scream punk rock to me i don't hate it because i like i don't mind that like kind of like industrial like noise stuff but it it's it is an interesting choice i just think some of the times like that like he's just like walking around doing like his day-to-day type shit it's just like this is way too intense for like nothing that's really going on like he's just walking like he's just walking to the next place it's like he's just like there's... an intense dude though <laughs> like... I, oh yeah i mean that's true i just feel like it it felt more like yeah i i think you phrased it well in more industrial than like punk or angst yeah the um so the dude that's on quaaludes him and then if you're if you pay attention to at the punk rock show Two dudes with disco assault shirts on either on either side of Emily. Those guys are disco assault, which is like a punk band, I guess, from Detroit. And they wrote like the like the music, the band music for like uh, psyops. And they worked with like Kyle and I think Adam, the director and writer. I think he wrote all the words. Same with like Emily's song, but Emily. And Kyle both performed like the music for their characters, which was pretty interesting. Reminds That's me of like good. I uh, always like when actors do that. I hate when it's faked. Like yeah. uh what is there's a couple movies that there are movies that I really enjoy that like when you realize there's they're just singing over someone else kind of diminishes a little bit. Yeah. It reminds me of like Scott Pilgrim, because I think Scott Pilgrim uh, I think Beck helped like write the music, but I do think like everyone is performing. Like they took time before they shot that movie to like everyone to learn the instruments. So like, and I think Michael Sarah knew bass before. I don't know if any of you guys have seen uh, that thing you do. It's the movie Tom Hanks made. It's about like a one hit wonder band in the 1960s. But basically they cast they cast the band and then instead of like having them start like learning the script and everything, they basically like had them start learning instruments and learning the music and basically made them like perform every like, oh, yeah, we're doing the oh, we've got someone coming to check on like how the thing's going. Guys, get ready. We're going to perform one of the songs for the whatever this producer or this studio executive. It was like by the time they actually got to filming, like they all knew how to play everything on their own. So there was never like all of the shots that you see of like the close ups of them playing is still them playing. It's like that's that's cool. That that's so much better than like the movies where it's like, oh yeah, we just you know played this recording of Johnny and the Shim Sham Band, and <laughs> yes, Johnny now we're gonna have now we're gonna have Mark Wahlberg stand on stage and and mouth the words. Good old Shim Sham Band. <laughs> name a, like name another profession where you just have the time to devote to like like the actors who like lose forty pounds for a role or like training yourself to like play drums for like four songs in a movie. Like I I get they get paid lucrative amounts, but it's like what a like what a crazy profession to like 
basically yeah. just learn the job at like before you right it's like the whole plot of that movie uh i don't remember what it's called but they need to drill on space or in space or something like armageddon. that armageddon yes instead of training an astronaut to drill they train a <laughs> <laughs> they well, a bunch of oil rig a guys technician to be or whatever to be an astronaut because it's they, easier they cover that it's easier it's faster somehow it's easier <laughs> tell me which career profession is more selective being a drill person or being an astronaut being a guy working on an oil rig <laughs> yeah. whatever the fucking profession is called one of them is more exclusive and it's the one that <laughs> involves leaving this planet no, I found a, no uh, all you need ex-pilots. all you need is the ner- all you need is the nerds to get you to get you into space. Oh and that's when the real work begins. <laughs> not so, not like close, not puking your guts eyes. out when trying to get out of the atmosphere. <laughs> <laughs> don't want to fall. Hey, they, I mean, they want to send just like you, you and me to fucking Mars before they send anyone else. So. <laughs> it's not too far fetched. <laughs> I've seen this movie. These mofos haven't. They're going to give you a fresh rating. They're going to say, should you watch Dinner in America? Should it be in the U.S. streaming? I don't know if they have the the expertise to tell you that. We just have a mildly listened to every once in a while podcast. We're not big budget distributors. But what did you guys think of DIA? Dinner in America. So I... Went, fully went into this movie with no expectations, uh, thinking I might like it and I might, or I might also really, really hate it. Because I don't know, I'm not usually a fan of like indie movies, honestly. Just usually not my thing. But this one was really good. I really liked it. It had a lot of like almost famous actors in it, uh, like people that you're like, hey, I think I've seen that person somewhere before, which in my opinion, kind of enhanced it. It was cool that there weren't... I mean, there was, like, one or two, rec- like, really recognizable characters in there for me, but otherwise, it wasn't. And the two main leads, especially, you know, I thought were really good in their roles. Like, they had pretty good on-screen chemistry and uh, just the way that they played their roles. Very good. It's hard not to picture the main actor as, like, you know, that person. Um, and I watched it with my wife, and she said that's crazy because in the movie where he plays Huck Finn, he's totally, like, totally different character. Like, so radically different. And so for that, those reasons, I'm actually going to give it an 8 out of 10. Thought it was good. I would recommend it. It's hard because I'd recommend you watch it, but, like, how? (laughs) So, like, I'd recommend you watch it if slash when it comes into United States distribution, for sure. But Or if you're one of our listeners in the UK. um, Yes, if you're in in Europe, you can watch it, but... I was say, on uh, Arrow streaming or something? Arrow, yeah. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, you heard it here first. Uh, Dinner in America has received a higher rating than Citizen Kane. <laughs> oh, from me? What did I rate Citizen Kane? <laughs> a seven. <laughs> hey. You know what? I think that's fair. I definitely enjoyed this movie more than Citizen Kane. And that's what it's about, right? Um, I mean, on some I, level. I, I, I mean, would probably there's watch like, this It's hard because there's, there's some level of objectivity versus some level of... of Not like, dog. This podcast is all about subjectivity. It's the whole point. It's I just, your rating. I thought, it's your I rating. This it's not a... what you think IMDb should give it. It's what you what you. I mean, think. that's true. Yeah, it's true. Uh, I just like I, I said, know. I thought it was. I thought it was a good movie. I I you know the first couple minutes might have been. I was like, where? What is this movie? But um, 
once it got into the groove and you, and you were in it, it was really good. So I stand by it. Um, I will say that I also did enjoy the movie quite a bit. I uh, I see the comparison to Napoleon Dynamite, but I think this movie's better. I like the edgy punk rock lead and then kind of the aloof, not punk rock second lead and then they come together. Um, the movie's got a lot of very funny, sometimes dry, sometimes not parts. And I don't know, I just like the like counterculture vibe that they injected into Napoleon Dynamite. I, I really wish that it was available for distribution in the U.S. because, I mean, if this thing was on Netflix, Hulu, whatever, I would I would definitely watch it again. Uh, some of the side parts I thought weren't great, especially the pet shop manager. Dude wasn't awesome. The woman on the bus was amazing. The old lady on the bus knocked it out of the park. I'm going to give the movie a, a 6 out of 10. I did really enjoy it. I think people should watch it. Is it an all-time classic? Probably not, but it's definitely an enjoyable movie. So what would you give Napoleon Dynamite out of 10? Like a 3. Wow. <laughs> Napoleon I haven't seen Dynamite, it in a long time, you, but wow, that's surprising. I don't. Napoleon Dynamite, you have to like. I think that's the issue. Really, really enjoy dryness to the point where, like, after it happens three or four times, you can still be laughing. I also think like Napoleon we, Dynamite is so divisive, though, too. Like, well, I I do think too, like it was just so huge. Like it's I, to give a credit, it's quotable, but also like growing up, everyone fucking quoted that movie so you probably think of the parts that everyone talks about and like if you were to go back and watch the whole movie you'd probably be like oh god some of these parts are just football over the mountains just not uncle rico it's it's still good i i saw it not too long ago (laughs) but it's like (laughs) it's not for everyone though like i remember like my parents fucking hated that movie and i was like (laughs) yeah I Same. watched, like, after I saw it, like, I bought the DVD and, like, had it and would, like, try to play it. And they'd be like, come on. Like, I'm like, <laughs> dude, this is, this is peak humor. <laughs> I remember my dad renting it from Blockbuster and being fucking pissed. <laughs> <laughs> I want my dollar back, Blockbuster. <laughs> it's like, this was terrible. It wasn't even funny. It's like, I mean, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> <laughs> this movie was interesting for me there were there were times i really enjoyed it and times that like eh like i said i i thought um the actor who played simon did a a fantastic job like he he was very believable i just thought simon's character himself was just super like at times it was like they tried to make him too edgy versus just kind of like letting that come through the acting it was like some of the things were just like, okay, we, we get it. You could have just let that be portrayed via the the character or the, the acting in the movie versus like some of the outright stuff that is being, going on. You know, language in that, you know, if, if that's something that you're going to be upset about, like that heads up, there are, the edgy. There are some, some R words and an, also a hard R word. So just keep that in mind. I also gave it a six out of ten. Uh, if if it's, I I do think a good kind of comparison would be like, um, and it's an edgy rom com. Yeah, like it's a very punk rom com. Uh, the song that 
uh, Patty and Simon Wright. It's a hit, man. That, if they release that, a vinyl for this, they could I would they buy could it release. Vinyl. Well, the thing is, is like I feel like if if they announced releases for this movie in the U.S. and they gave that song like radio play, this movie would be a fucking smash. People would, would be, be a like TikTok trending song. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. Like this movie would be if even if it didn't do super well like commercially cult wise people would love that song and it would be a huge thing maybe we start trending it on our tiktok page channel but, uh profile whatever it's called <laughs> oh no yeah, we've was... aged ourselves <laughs> but it was definitely like a it was it was cool to do kind of an indie film and something that you know other people really haven't had a chance to see so for us to kind of be on the cutting edge and i said it was cool to to watch through and see dylan's name pop up that was awesome i've you know got to be like oh my god I know him. I know that guy. I, I, know, I know him. Uh, yeah, I gave it a six out of ten. If it's something you know you've listened to and you'd think it would, it's up your alley. Check it out. Uh, I, I'd say give it a watch. If nonetheless, give it a watch for that uh, second AC. Hey. So I saw this at the premiere, and I really liked it. Like I said earlier, this is like a movie. Growing up, Dylan would love, and I gave it an eight out of ten, just because it like like you said. It's like an edgy like rom com. I I get very like Heather's Napoleon Dynamite, like th- those sort of movie vibes from it. And like you said, it'd be, it'd be culty. I think maybe that's probably the destiny of this film, is that it might get released in America and becomes like a cult classic, like Napoleon Dynamite and those. Um, I think the the acting is really good uh really makes the film what it is i think if you had somebody who didn't really embody the role as much i think it might fall apart uh that like charisma uh and just dedication to the character i think really elevates it above kind of what it is in a sense because you can listen to some of the dialogue and some of the quotes and just kind of be like wow (laughs) that this went to Sundance. Um, but uh, for as much crass and, and raunchiness that is there, I think it does have some heart. I think I'm going to leave it at an 8 out of 10. I think it's solid. It's the first thing I worked on that was actually good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I recommend checking it out. But hopefully it comes out in America and, and we can actually have some dinner in America, you know? Yeah, hopefully. Check it out on Arrow if you are that uh dedicated to watching it if you're not in the region that is there um go ahead and take a trip you know yeah quarantine's about over buy a plane ticket whether physically or remotely do some traveling to the uk and watch dinner in america if you enjoy this don't forget to rate and subscribe share us with your friends check out dinner in america and uh as always watch responsibly